We've got James Brolin. We've got Margot Kidder. Ooh, la la, Margot. Behave. We've got Jerry Seinfeld. We've got the Amityville Horror right here on a late night fright. Jerry Seinfeld? Get out! Get out of the house! Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my very horrific co-host Faith. Say hi Faith. Hi Faith. How are we doing? Doing pretty good. Welcome to the Plandemic Week whatever. Did I say Plandemic? <laughs> plandemic. Did I say Plandemic? Yeah. Uh, my, my true colors are showing aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. We do hope wherever you are out there that you are safe and uh, and doing well and taking it all in stride. That's the most important part of this. Yes, it is. Right. Taking it all <laughs> in stride. Faith, uh, we have a pretty good movie tonight. This is your pick. Would you like to introduce? Is the this movie? my pick? This was my pick. <laughs> you see what the pandemic <laughs> has done. I mean, well, I would have picked please, it. Please, please introduce the movie. We are talking about the Amityville Horror from 1979. Yes. So <laughs> let's let's go through this uh, the sequence of events here. This is really interesting. So Margot Kidder is in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. I love Superman. I'm a huge <laughs> Superman fan. You know this about me. I do. So I got the DC Universe uh, pass. Uh, the streaming service that they have. They have the Harley Quinn show that is up. You watched a few episodes of Harley Quinn, didn't you? <laughs> yes. What did you think of Harley Quinn? That's like the only, I think, Harley Quinn I like. <laughs> no offense, Margot Robbie, but. But really, I really, really liked fun. it. It was funny and just, I it, think she, that was, I feel like that's what the character is to me. I don't know. It was it was really it, fun. They, it, yeah, it really is great. It's hard to peg what that show is because mm-hmm. it's not a farce and it's not a parody. It's its own little special co- <laughs> special comedy thing. And uh, Haley Cuoco, Kaylee Cuoco, try to say Haley Cuoco. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, I'm telling you, it's week whatever of the pandemic. Kaylee Cuoco mm-hmm. as Harley Quinn is masterful, <laughs> really masterful. But there's a supporting performance in it from Jason Alexander playing. Uh, she and Poison Ivy's landlord, Cy, and he is, his voice performance is worth a million bucks. It, it really, he probably got paid a million bucks for it. <laughs> but uh, Jason Alexander, of course, was on the Seinfeld show. Now, I came up during the time when Seinfeld was actually on the air. I was a teenager. I never really warmed to the show too much. I didn't actively, like, hate the show, but because right. it did make me giggle on occasion, but it wasn't something that I, I, I gravitated, yeah, gravitated toward. Uh, I've seen a lot of the classic episodes, but Jason Alexander got me going down the Seinfeld path. Also, Jerry Seinfeld himself is a huge Superman fan, and they talk about Superman in the show, and uh, he's made reference to several times. You can see Superman magnet on his fridge. He's got the little action figure up. So, that kind of led into me picking the Amityville horror. There's also a news <laughs> bit uh, we're gonna we're gonna have that's a real news bit actually. That everything goes back to Superman is what I'm is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, but going down the Seinfeld 
rabbit hole. I found this in one of the episodes. And Faith, I'm going to play this, and then we'll tell them why this is so funny. All right. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right, here it comes. This is a clip from Seinfeld. It's like some pod landed from another planet and took your body. Don't fall asleep, Elaine. So that was from the one where there was a mannequin that looked exactly like Elaine. George (laughs) is making reference to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which we did, what, two weeks ago Mm -hmm. on the show or two or three three weeks weeks ago. ago. Yeah, Uh, that episode, like all of our episodes, is available wherever podcasts can be found. So it was just very funny the the way that the events and the planets lined up. And speaking of the planets being lined up, I believe at the time of this recording, Mercury is indeed in retrograde, is it not? It is. This would explain why I feel like I have been stepping over my words for the past 10 minutes, why, why maybe the world is in the state, <laughs> the state that it is, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't. I think we've only been in it for like... Maybe a week. It's all it's all this damn pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think right. we've been told July twelfth, so brace yourself. There it is. <laughs> the world feels like it is the Amityville horror right that, now, doesn't that's it? That's exactly right. Yeah, so well I think I picked well. I think I think you did. I, I think you I did. picked well. It is uh, definitely a pretty good movie. We are gonna talk about that when we get back from this break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. But before we do that, Faith, we're talking about Jerry Seinfeld. There is the theme song. Let's hear your best Jerry Seinfeld, Faith. Oh man, let's see. Do it, Faith. Give me something to say. Uh, uh, we'll see you when we get back from the break. <laughs> We'll see you when we get back from the break. The break. That's horrible. Why do they call it a break? You don't break anything. You're not breaking it. I don't get it. This is much better. We'll see you in a bit. still time for a little charm and elegance. It has stood empty for a long while, and at the price it is a bargain. For a growing young family, it is almost too good to be true. What do you think? I love it. James Brolin, Margot Kidder, Rod Steiger in the Amityville Horror.
after the Lutz family moved into their dream house. They were running for their lives. What happened to them is an experience in terror you will never forget. And you will believe in the Amityville horror. From the best-selling book that made millions believe in the unbelievable, the Amityville horror. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And uh, we're going to get to the Amityville Horror, but I have a very fun trivia bit from Seinfeld, if you care to hear it, if, if the <laughs> listeners out there are still with us after the introduction there. Uh, the intro, the theme song, the uh, synthesized bass, uh, it's pretty much the same theme all the time, but he would uh, the composer would do it for each episode because Jerry would open in front of the uh, little uh, curtain there at the comedy club and mm-hmm. he'd be talking, but the guy would do the theme for each episode. So it's kind of a new theme every time. And what he did was uh, the little percussion sounds that you hear were actually sounds he made with his mouth hmm. because he said he didn't want to put trumpets or anything to get in the way of Jerry Seinfeld's uh, voice. Mm-hmm. He said it was kind of the natural uh, lead instrument and he just uh, put the percussion behind it. Cause it's a, uh, uh, all sounds his mouth could make because Jerry's talking. And then he said, you know, the bass just seemed like the right timbre for it. And, uh, and the rest is sitcom history. That's pretty cool. And I mean, really, is, is there a reason why he decided? Did you say why? Was I, was I listening? <laughs> why he decided to uh, do it every single time. Oh, because the length of the stand up would be different. That makes sense. And, okay. the, and the kind of beats, the humor beats. So he didn't want it to be uh, the same. You know, you. them have to edit. So he said, you know, there was the improv improvisatory nature of <laughs> what Jerry does and he said so he wanted the music to, to match Jerry which I think is I, like uh, that. I think it's very cool yeah. I cool. think it's pretty neat God. I also really like the lady in this movie ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes yes once you go down the Seinfeld rabbit hole it is a very difficult rabbit hole to get out of <laughs> But uh, I agree with fake Jerry. <laughs> well, I really like the lady that's in this movie. And I really enjoyed this movie. Faith, introduce it one more time in case I didn't hear it the first time. We are talking about the Amityville Horror from 1979. This movie was a very big hit when it was released uh, for American International Pictures. It has uh, James Brolin. That's uh, Thanos' daddy. <laughs> so the guy in this movie... His offspring, the fruit of his loins, is directly 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 responsible for killing half the Marvel universe. Right. So, you know, if you want to point fingers, you know where to point them. Exactly. (laughs) It's got James Brolin. I I really like him. Me Uh, too. Got Margot Kidder. I think I'm on record. I think I'm on record for how how I feel about Margot. Academy Award winner Rod Steiger rounds out the above. 
the title portion of the cast. He won his Oscar for a film called In the Heat of the Night from 1969. That is a great film that inspired a television series that is still in syndication. And, I've only uh, ever seen the TV show. I've never seen movie the movie. is wonderful. It won Best Picture that year. It is a movie. With everything going on in the world right now, I think everyone should uh, take that deep breath as we talked about last week and sit down and watch this movie because it addresses a lot of the issues that are on the plate right now. And uh, he's really wonderful in it and uh, really deserved that Academy Award. And Sidney Poitier is also excellent in it and uh, just a great, great film. We might need to do it at a at a later date on the show because it's a real kind of film noir crime thriller, Southern Gothic uh murder mystery nice so with a black detective from philadelphia teaming up with a maybe sort of racist southern (laughs) sheriff and uh, both of them are a little on the racist side and have to have to work together it's it's really well done Hmm. yeah i need to see it like i've seen the tv show but don't know how the movie slipped has a a lot of good things to say (laughs) so well this uh could best be classified as a haunted house movie, possessed house. Uh, this is one of the first of this kind of movie, uh, The Haunting from the uh, early 1960s by uh, director Robert Wise uh, is a haunted house movie, but not quite like this. This is more like normal people going into the house and, and getting right. terrorized. And Eddie Murphy talked about this movie in his delirious stand-up when he said that black people would have left. <laughs> After hearing, uh, get out. (laughs) And the irony of that is in 2004, Eddie Murphy then turned around and made the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) About a black family that moves into a haunted house and doesn't leave. Oh, the irony. (laughs) (laughs) So, good for you, Eddie. (laughs) Get out. That's the uh, theme of the show tonight. (laughs) So, uh, Faith, before we get into specifics of the movie, what did you think of the Amityville Horror from 1979? I like this movie a lot. And I know that, the, I mean, when this movie came out, you said, you know, it had, it had a good response. But reading... Made $85 million yeah. worldwide uh, upon its release against a $3.5 million budget. This uh, could best be classified as an independent release. American International was not a major studio. This was a, so, you know, a decent yeah. budget, but not... Yeah, you know, not. I said that's a lot of money. To yeah, make. I mean, it's still a lot of money to me. Yeah, but uh, did really, I don't know, really I meant well. How, how well, how well it did. It's yeah, it's a, a great return on investment. One of the uh, highest grossing independent films of yeah. all time. But no, I read a lot of reviews, and people are just very. I don't know. Did you read any any reviews about this? Yeah, people seem to be uh, very lukewarm <laughs> or uh, like to top shelf this movie. <laughs> And uh, and I get it. Uh, I get a lot of the criticisms for it. Uh, some of the stuff in it seems very tropish nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen all of this before. This was the movie that was doing a lot of these things first. Also, now from a film standpoint, I will say this. I really, really enjoyed this. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed this because of the cast. Specifically mm-hmm. the two right. the two of yeah. them, uh, Brolin and uh, Margot, who were, I think are just really wonderful in this. Mm-hmm. And carry this and... Um, multitude of sins can be covered up because of their performance. Uh, right. There are things in this movie that I was watching and I went, where, where the hell are they going with this plot thread? <laughs> like the policeman staking out the house and then uh, Father Delaney, played by Rod Steiger, who we talked about, uh, gets blinded <laughs> in the last third of this movie and really then is just sidelined and nothing really happens I with know. it. His character 
doesn't really do much in the movie. You could have done without his character in this film, I think. Uh, See, I, I like the aspect of having, you know, anything holy this house didn't care for. So I think having him in it was cool, but I wish it would have really, I mean, well, you know, done something. It was one of those things like after he got sick, he really serves no purpose right. in the story because he does not come back and perform an exorcism. Right. So. He was kind of extraneous at that point. And then you, you'd prove it again when the uh, when Margot Kidder's aunt comes in, who's a nun, and then she gets sick when she leaves the house, you know, and she throws up. I mean, this house really doesn't like clergy people. Mm-hmm. It gives them a really awful case of bad indigestion. But, <laughs> no, I can see where the criticisms come from. Right. Uh, it didn't take away from my enjoyment. I did. I was scratching my head going, why are we hanging out <laughs> with him? What purpose is this? It really went nowhere so uh but like i said it didn't take away from any enjoyment i would give this a very good solid uh two five that's exactly what i was thinking it's a solid two five and it's there are parts that are very uh unnerving Mm -hmm. in this there are parts uh there were i'm not going to tell you i was on the edge of my seat or my hair was standing up but there were parts that were unsettling right and it did uh haunted house very well yeah i think for i kind of watched it you know, in that time frame, because like you said, we've seen a lot of this stuff play out now, you know, yeah. so I'm watching it like, OK, this is what this I think they did what they could do. And I think they did it well for that time period. <laughs> it looks like a really well-made television movie from the time. It does, and it yeah. still looks like a television movie mm-hmm. when you watch it. But it's big budget television. Yeah. movie. Uh, but uh, no, that that's my biggest gripe is some of it just doesn't go anywhere. Uh I wanted more of the good stuff, the haunting mm. stuff. Now, I thought the haunting stuff was done so well. You know what I liked most about it is that you didn't see anything. I was going to ask you that. Like, were you wanting more paranormal stuff to happen or were you okay with just kind of seeing it like in Brooklyn, like psychologically? Like, was that enough? <laughs> I, I feel like there was enough mm-hmm. of the stuff. I'm talking about like the the chairs rocking by themselves, yeah. the doors closing. There was enough of that stuff that really kept my attention that to let you know there's something going on in the house. And then I thought I really liked the flies, the way that they yeah. use the flies to signify this kind of death and decay thing mm-hmm. that, that's in this house. Uh, I love that there's no answers as to what it is. You get uh, <laughs> suppositions from characters that it's this uh, these uh, Satan-worshipping uh, uh, Puritans from, from way back <laughs> in the day that built this place and mm-hmm. did all this ritualistic abuse. Or it's... Uh, what did they say? It's a Indian burial ground, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, at one point. And then, uh, you know, that the voices in the house that told, uh, that told the kid, uh, who murdered the family, the previous family to do it. So you don't really know what it is, you know, demons, you know, they even throw out you yeah. know, demons, you know, and I like that there's no answers. I like that. You don't know what it is. I like that. You don't see it. I really like that. Mm-hmm. You don't see it. Yeah. That's a good point. And, I like that it's so real world, like it's so grounded, like just things moving indoors, you know, and things like that. And then the psychological aspect, I think, is really well done. Yeah. I, I thought that aspect was the best of the movie was, was the way that, that this place kind of grows like a mold mm-hmm. on uh, on this family. Especially uh, with Brolin. And I feel like a lot of these movies can overdo it or make it seem. What's the word I'm looking for? Um they go from zero to 60 so fast. There you go. Exactly. And I feel like his buildup felt, like you said, real. Like it didn't feel it's, fake or like, you know, oh, this feels like a movie. No, this felt like, uh, you know, something that 
could really happen to somebody. It felt like a slow burn in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is kind of interesting that it feels like a slow burn because it takes place over, what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Not a long period of time. Yeah. So they condense three weeks into two hours. And then, you know, they do a good job of kind of alluding to the fact, you know, here's a guy who married this woman with three kids, you know, so... Oh, it's that stress. It's this stress. Mm -hmm. And you're not seeing anything, as we keep saying, specifically in the house. And maybe it is him, you know, like (laughs) like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. So there is like a seed of doubt at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, like I said, that that was really well done. You know, I I wanted more, though. I did want a little more when Father Delaney uh, goes into the house uh, to perform the uh, blessing. Let me ask you this question. Were you getting the idea that he was doing a blessing or an exorcism? I was thinking blessing. Yeah, okay. I thought he was going into an exorcism for some reason. <laughs> you know, or but okay, but blessing either way. Uh but I, I like uh the house talking to him, you know, get out. Would I, would you have stayed in that house if you had? I would have gotten the hell out <laughs> of that house. You couldn't have paid me money to stay in that house. What about you? Uh, uh I'd probably leave. I'd probably go out. It really <laughs> felt like it had it out for him. And, I, and again, the slow burn nature of it, it doesn't go from zero to 60. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is. You get enough information about the house to kind of form some opinions that it's just, you know, nasty ground that they're on. You know, what was in the boathouse? He keeps going out to the boathouse. You, right. you don't need to know. <laughs> you know, there's something underground. This is how they get in. What gets in? It's creepy enough, yep. you know, to kind of just let it be. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did really great. Let's talk about... Uh, the people that are in this, because as I said, this really works because of the two people that yes. are in this movie. And that's uh, James Brolin and Margot Kidder. James Brolin is a great character actor. He's also Mr. Barbara Streisand. So that's either congratulations or I'm sorry. If you're a Barbara <laughs> Streisand fan, you, you know, I'm not going to apologize because you probably get it. <laughs> but, you know, I actually really like her early work. Yeah. I think she's one of the great singers of all time. But sure. A little bit of a loon, right? I think she's really pretty. Owl and the Pussycat era, Barbara Streisand. Oh my God! And what's up, Doc? Was it what's up, Doc? She was in. It's it's. Owl and the Pussycat for sure, though. Oh, she was sexy. Oh, sure. I think. So. I thought she was kind of sexy in uh, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, that's a lover. Like, <laughs> like yeah, but uh, he's married to her, so. <laughs> and he's uh, Josh Brolin's dad, and he cannot deny him because boy, do they look alike. I huh? know. He's been around a long, long, long time in the lead and supporting roles and screen and uh, stage and television. So uh, been around a long time. Were you familiar with with no, yeah. James Rowland? Mm-hmm. How did how did you know him? Oh, I've seen this movie a few times okay. and I feel like I've seen him in some other things that I probably can't remember the name of. But I, I know who he is. He was in a show <laughs> called Hotel that was on when I was a kid. So he was. Uh, I haven't seen that. That's how I knew him. And he had a cameo in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So. <laughs> Playing uh, Pee Wee Herman in that movie and like the spy movie that they make at the end. So uh, Tim Burton's first mm-hmm. first film. So uh, been around a long time. Uh, he's got some credentials. He's always a good, solid supporting player or a great lead guy, mm-hmm. you know, depending on it. And, uh, you know, not a slouch. Uh, what did you think of him here? I loved him here. You said a while ago, you know, the two of them carried this. And I just think he w- he stood out to me so much. I- and every uh, just the look of him. You know what I'm saying? Like he just yeah. he just played that so well, and yeah, I'm a fan of him here. 
What I liked about him here is that his performance does not feel actorly at all. Yeah. It does not feel like he is performing. There are certain actors, uh, you feel the strings being pulled. Mm -hmm. You feel the mannerisms. They know what they're doing. He feels very natural. And uh, I was thinking of Harrison Ford when I was watching this because it's kind of got that same kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about what lies beneath. Did you know he was supposed to? play that role i did not yeah <laughs> i could totally see harrison ford playing this yep, he was supposed to play that playing role. this role mm -hmm. and uh, that would have been interesting i know <laughs> that might have been really scary too i know I'm, right. I'm now trying to yeah i'm trying to picture that all right honey i'm not feeling too well <laughs> i'm really not feeling good <laughs> i'm so cold <laughs> but, uh, he was also supposed to be an alien harrison ford really so could you imagine if he'd hit Amityville Horror and Alien <laughs> at the same time. He made a movie called Hanover Street instead, though. <laughs> I have not seen that. And not a lot of people did. There you go. But uh, no, anyway, no, Brolin's really great. I was thinking about Harrison Ford watching this. Interesting. Uh, uh, just the laid back, very casual, mm -hmm. non-actorly performance. Yeah. So I liked watching him. Uh, you can't even say, say he degenerates. He just kind of falls into it. Yeah. Like, he just starts feeling bad. And I wanted to say this. One of the things I really like is the way that they portray the energy of this place affecting these people, mm -hmm. that they get ill. Yeah. I, I like the way that it just seeps into their life. Yeah. Yeah. I like the whole aspect of him constantly being cold. You know, I mean, I don't know why, but <laughs> just and feeling fluish, yeah. like you're around bad vibes. Eyes are always kind of red. Red and uh and. Uh, sunken, you know, he yeah. had that raccoon thing going mm -hmm. on, you know, like he, he just didn't look well, right? didn't look healthy mm -mm. and always chopping the wood, you know, and, <laughs> and it just some nutty, but he doesn't overplay that nuttiness, right? you know, and he doesn't overplay the, the psychopath that's starting to happen, you know, cause you've seen this then in like the shining, you see, cause I mean, <laughs> I'm watching him with his ax and I'm thinking about the shining cause I mean. <laughs> Because then the blood starts showing up, you know, out of the walls and out the stairwell. I'm like, oh, this is shiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gee, Stanley, where'd you get that from? <laughs> so he was he was fantastic, though. And yeah. and like I said, I think the movie works because of his mm, performance. I do too. Uh, and it covers up a whole multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that. Uh, but he is joined in this endeavor by one of my favorite actresses of all time. And I mean that. I, I love this woman. We've talked about a few on this show before. I know we've had affection for some actors and actresses mm -hmm. on this show. Robert England being one of them that we just love. Who are some of the other ones that we just, yeah, I've said, man, we just love this person. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, yes, I Michelle think. Pfeiffer. Uh, the one we just talked about, too, Harrison, Harrison, Harrison Ford. <laughs> we always talk about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. But I mean, like, but I know, like, Robert, for sure, we just have that real just, affection christopher mm -hmm. lee uh yeah. for me was one that i, I love peter cushing oh my my yeah. gosh Carrie, you're forgetting one though who's that really think hard about it oh my goodness you're putting me on the spot boris karloff boris karloff yes yes <laughs> uh carrie fisher is yes. someone that have we done a movie with carrie fisher on this show jamie lee curtis is one that i don't we, we oh love. yeah i don't think we have I know she's joined in for something before. <laughs> she sure did from the great beyond. 
<laughs> she sure did. But I don't think that we've, yeah, I don't think we've done a movie with Carrie Fisher. We, uh, we might have to uh, play that in the break, the because uh, I don't think a lot of people are familiar with that clip. No, you need to play it. But there, uh, there is a clip of Carrie Fisher calling in from the great beyond. <laughs> we might play on the break. Um, for sure, we're going to do that now. But uh, Margot Kidder is someone that I grew up just loving. She was Lois Lane in the Superman movies. But Is uh, that where your love of her came from? Yes, or, okay. yes, absolutely. Me and a whole generation of people. <laughs> you know, I mean, the three babes were uh, Margot Kidder, Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. and Karen Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were, those were the three kind of sci-fi yeah. fantasy babes. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about her. I have a feeling we're going to be doing the big movie of hers at a later date, not in the not too distant future. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little more about her. Then I, I've always uh, enjoyed her acting though, mm-hmm. outside of her as a personality. What did you, what do you think of Margot Kidder? Uh, the lady in in the performance here in this movie. I really love her. And we were texting earlier, excuse me, that she just has something very special about her. I don't know what it is, but, I don't know. You just instantly love her when you see her and she talks and the word ballsy comes to yeah. mind, but she's vulnerable too. Mm-hmm. which there's a, there's a quality. You just want to hug this one, you know, yeah. she's not with us anymore, which mm-hmm. I, she died a few years ago. I cried when she died and she, uh, she took her own life, unfortunately. And, and mm-hmm. I think, I think the world was a little too much for, her. I think Margot felt things on a, on a completely different wavelength. Yeah. I could and see that. everyone who worked with her, and I've listened to a lot of interviews has they light up when they, when you mentioned Margot Kidder, Richard Donner, who did Superman just in the commentary go, ah, Margot, you know, I mean, just, they yeah. loved her and they said she could walk into a circular room and trip <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> but, uh, she's wonderful. Her reactions in this movie and seeing her, cause she doesn't did, uh, disintegrate degenerate like Brolin does but she's watching it happen Mm -hmm. and just her eyes you've seen a lot of this through her eyes and my god those eyes that she had were just were just something weren't they they were um it's a really good performance Mm -hmm. but the vulnerability you could see it here yeah I like her she's like you said she's she's vulnerable but I feel like she's somebody who can pick herself back up and I feel like that's probably how she was you know in real life she was she was not shy yeah she was not shy and, and she had one of the most public uh nervous breakdowns mental breakdowns uh since vivian lee as she, she said that herself and uh you know she got it back though you know she got mm-hmm. some semblance back and uh yeah she was one i i'm i'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking <laughs> i really do i, I love margo kidder oh. and uh i had her autograph for a long time that's cool it uh my house flooded. I lost my Margot, and I can't get another one from her. So that's a shame. And it was a picture of her from this movie, actually. Really? On my wall. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Loved. I wrote her, and she sent me a sent me an autograph. That's she was cool. living in Montana that's at the cool. time. Yeah. But uh, you can can you see why I love her so oh, much? So oh, absolutely. Seeing this, and when when we do Superman, like I said, in the not too distant future, <laughs> I think you'll really see why I love her mm-hmm. so much. So. Uh, great cast. Like I said, there there are problems with this for me. There are problems, yeah. but it, this is a movie I feel like you need to see because it's kind of a a touchstone in this genre. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's not a complete doozy of a movie, you know. I mean, I enjoy watching it 
I've seen it multiple times. So obviously yeah. if I hated it, I would never yeah. put it back on. Yeah. So And they've done sequels and remakes and there. Have you seen the one, the newer one? From 15 or so years ago with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. No, I haven't. I've seen it a few times. I think I owned it. It's not terrible. I, I mean, it's been a I know, long time. I know time. George Lutz, the real George Lutz, didn't like it. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't, I never hated it. But for some reason, there's something about this one that... I don't know. I guess I like that look of 70s films. You know, there's just... Oh, yeah. There's that look to them yeah. with horror, and it yeah. just pulls you in. So this is based on an alleged, <laughs> allegedly true story. You have a little bit of background on that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, let, uh, let me find what, what I got What here. do we have here? I will read you. Because it was based on uh, the actual experiences of George and Kathy Lutz, allegedly. Yeah, well, I'll read you to you. I'll read you to you. See, I'm it's Mercury in retrograde, honey. This is this is what's <laughs> what's going on. Or Margot Kidder screwing with this. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's all of the above. No, November thirteenth, nineteen seventy four. Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot his whole entire family, pretty much. Um, yeah, they said he showered, he dressed for work, collected his bloody clothes, picked up the uh, the gun, mm-hmm. and went to work. And then called and pretended he had nothing. You know, he, he didn't even know anything happened. You know, he probably didn't. So. He, he really probably didn't. I read that he confessed that he did. And okay. he's still in prison to this day. But no, a year later, the Lutz family moved in. And, um, yeah, I mean, they were basically terrorized by Whatever, whatever's there. Whatever's there. <laughs> and, and then I, you know, I read, too, that after they moved out, they said it followed them. Yeah, and, and and anybody who lived in the in the Amityville house, they never had anything else happen. So, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I think this is maybe a story for money for their kids or something." I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I I would tend to believe them though. This, I mean, okay, they said that like to their deathbeds, they continue to keep with their story. You know that this really happened to them. And then uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren went there, and she said that this place haunted her years later. So, I mean, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it, yeah. If Lorraine says it, yeah, yeah she, she, was, uh, she was on the up and up, I believe. Oh, yeah. So, she died last year. Was it last year? Yeah. We it mentioned seems her, so long ago, We mentioned yeah. her on, maybe in the Clue show, maybe. like as far back, yeah. When we did Clue. It seems so long ago. So, what do you think? Uh, do you think that the uh, Lutzes were actually haunted? Possibly. They said, too, and this is based on a book from 1977. Have you read it? I have not. I know it's the same name, though. Yeah, same it? name. I think it's from Jay Anson. And um, they said that the book was, like, spot on to this house. So, I mean. <laughs> uh, do you know, did they have a problem with the movie at all? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see any information on that. That's a good. Like question. I said, I know that he didn't like the remake. He mm-hmm. thought he thought that was disrespectful. Is is what he said, I believe. Hmm. But uh, I, I didn't see anything how they felt about this. Yeah, but, me neither. But they said the book was spot on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very very strange. Uh, it. I'm not in a position to say that they're lying or not. Yeah, I I, I, well, I I would <laughs> fall on the side that. Yeah, it probably did happen. Yeah, because, I mean, they said uh, they owned a business, obviously, like the movie. And everybody that knew them said they weren't people to just make up something yeah. this big. You know, this yeah. this big and this crazy. So, I mean, I'll buy it. I, I don't think it's it's fake or anything. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, 
you have anything to add about the Amityville Horror right now? Or do you have any, any more cool notes to share with us? Um, not really. I think we've already hit most of them here. I think we did, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time for a break. And this is a news break, isn't it? It is. We should let Jerry Seinfeld take us to break. <laughs> what should. is it with the haunted houses? How come they don't put it right there on the brochure? They walk you through and they say, hey, this house is haunted. Knock off $20,000. <laughs> Have you noticed though in the movies though that they never ever like tell them like that it's haunted? You know, like they knew in this movie. That surprised which me. Bothered me. Yeah, that's a surprised little bit. Me. Like I wanted it to be like, let's get the movie going, and they're like, oh, I wonder what happened here, and then yeah, that surprised oh, me. Family I, died here. I thought the same thing. Fifteen minutes in, I went, oh wait, they know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always forget that they know, and then I'm like, it's not like in Poltergeist where they find out at the end, you know, <laughs> there in the cemetery, you know, comes up out of the swimming pool. And I was like. Uh, Oh, they know. Well, that's on y'all then. Right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. On that note, I am Dan. And I am Faith. It is time for a WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio News Update. We will see you on the other side. Cozy Corner Health Department recommends a high-protein diet for losing weight. They also add that protein will make you fart. So not only will you be losing pounds, you'll be losing friends. Indeed. Well, 27 years ago, the Canadian rock band Bare Naked Ladies released their album Gordon, featuring the song Brian Wilson. The track references Beach Boy Brian Wilson's years spent in bed and features the line, I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. We still do not have confirmation as to whether or not Brian Wilson changes the lyrics to Lying in Bed just like I did when he sings the song. We'll keep you posted. In comic news, it was announced Michael Keaton is in talks to return to his iconic role as Batman in future DC Extended Universe films. That is some of the best news I've ever heard, and I'm not going to lie, I had a little bit of a joygasm when I heard that. (laughs) How excited did you get when when you heard that? Oh, so excited. Overdue, right? Oh, yeah. Overdue. Faith, I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going to have to one-up you. Really? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It was also announced Nicolas Cage is in talks to play Superman in those same films. That's right. It all comes back to Superman, doesn't it, Faith? Yes, and how it funny is this? We mentioned it as a joke last week that yep. he was uh, going to play Superman mm-hmm. back in the late 90s in the Tim Burton movie. And here he might have the opportunity to do it. Dreams really do come true, don't they, Faith? Yes, that's amazing. (laughs) They really do. It all comes back to Superman. Well, we are going to take a very short break. We're going to be back with the rest of our discussion on the Amityville Horror. But as promised, here it is from our good friend Bobby D'Amato's show, Afterglow, the phone call that Carrie Fisher gave to him from the other side. (laughs) This was from last year, last summer, I believe. So here it is in its entirety and all of its glory. We will see you on the other side. I'm Dan. And I'm Faith. And we'll be right back. (laughs) 
laying some pipe, baby. Laying some pipe, and that's what this show is all about. Laying pipe. Glad to have you with us here on Afterglow. And you know what? The phone line is lighting up again. This is local music night here. Let's see what we got. Let's see if we got any special requests. You are on Afterglow with Bobby D'Amato here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. What's happening? What's new? What can I help you with? Bobby, it's Carrie Fisher, and I'm calling from the great beyond. I think you should know that's how offensive your show is, that it actually made me reach out from the realm of the dearly departed. I'm currently filming a movie with Alfred Hitchcock. Now that man knows how to exploit a naked woman in the shower. But Bobby, I must tell you, when you make your jokes about women, don't refer to it as laying pipe. We are not metal tubes for you to pump your fluids through, Bobby. Now, Aunt Carrie loves you. Aunt Carrie loves you, but you're just going to have to do what my good friend Harrison says whenever you feel the impulse to make a joke like that and force yourself. Force yourself to be the man that I know you are. Have fun playing with your lightsaber. Aunt Carrie loves you. Well, I'll tell you something, lovers of love. I've been doing this show a long time, and I have never gotten a call from the great beyond. I was just castized by Carrie Fisher, if you can believe that. Princess Lamy. Oh, I don't know. You know, that's the kind of thing that usually happens on the late night fright with Dan and Faith. You know, and she didn't request anything, but I got this track I think she's going to like. It's by them uh, by them yokels, uh, Second Line Prophets, I played at the beginning of the show. This one is called Burn It Down Slow. Aunt Carrie, Bobby loves you. This one is for you. And hey, guys. Top Gun Maverick Summer of 2020 ain't coming fast enough. That's what she said. Love you, Faith. back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and i am faith it's been an interesting night hasn't it <laughs> yes i mean start off with superman you know, it's been a through line throughout the show mm-hmm. i told you we had a great bit of news and uh that's awesome isn't it oh my god yes isn't that amazing that nicholas cage might finally get to play the man of i hope Steel. it's not might i hope it's like it's like real i do too i do too <laughs> i would love to see his take on it me too uh not just as a fan but just uh, of, of both Nicolas right. Cage and Superman, but just he's so eccentric and I think he can really bring something to it. Yeah. I mean, how do you picture him playing it? Like, I don't know. You know, there's footage of him uh, doing yeah. screen tests, not mm-hmm. screen tests, but costume tests. And let me say this about Nicolas Cage in the uh, Clark Kent outfit. Cause he, he was wearing like a blazer, like a sport coat. And like slacks and it was like a mickey mouse t-shirt i think mm-hmm. he had on and he played him with the longer hair because superman had longer hair after he came back uh, from uh back to life mm-hmm. after he had died in 92 and he uh his thought was well if i'm here in the restaurant and uh i can kind of giggle when i'm talking to somebody because he's listening he's hearing jokes from the other side of the room and i went how brilliant is that that he's clued into even like that mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. that he would be hearing jokes and, and smiling and giggling when he's talking to somebody. So I think I no, I think it's coming from the right place. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, uh, I hope it's... And to see Keaton and Cage together. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see if uh, Michael Keaton gets his proper third movie. Mm-hmm. And um, if he does, if Tim Burton will come back for that. And if and Michelle Pfeiffer is, comes back. This is uh, the Flash movie, huh? The Flash movie, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the Flash will be going into parallel universes. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll Very see. Cool. It's, it's a shame Christopher Reeve isn't still with us. Yeah. To to be a part of this too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but hey, this you, is exci- I, I feel exciting. like I feel like the course of history is correcting itself a little bit, <laughs> and we're going to get to see what we should have seen yeah. twenty five or so years ago. Yeah, pretty, be, it'd be really cool. Pretty exciting. It's funny though how it has all come back around the Superman though with uh, everything with the Seinfeld and and uh, Margot Kidder in tonight's movie and uh, Margot coming up in another movie we're going to be doing soon here. What does it all mean? it means it's like close encounters right <laughs> what does it mean what does it mean, does it mean? <laughs> do you have anything that you would like to add about the Emmyville horror i have one thing that i think is i on have your, one thing that we have to talk about which i think is what i would like to address <laughs> the and that music? is the score yeah by uh lalo schifrin who is one of the great composers of all time and lalo uh wrote the theme song for mission impossible i feel like we've talked about him on this show before hmm We've done so many movies at this point. I mean, the name all, sounds familiar. It Maybe. starts to run together. But he's uh, Dirty Harry. He did the music for um, Dirty Harry. That's where we talked about him. Uh, I think the score here is a real winner. Scores. It's creepy. <laughs> all those like little... Uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. The, you know I'm a big fan of the composer Jerry Goldsmith, mm-hmm. right? Jerry Goldsmith, if you don't know who he is, please look him up. He's amazing. Jerry did the score for Poltergeist, which is great. I think the theme and the music for this film is better than Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. And Poltergeist is one of my favorite Goldsmith scores. So (laughs) go figure. Congratulations, (laughs) Universe. You win again. No, this score Um, is just... I hadn't heard this score. It's been a minute since I'd seen this movie. I want to say 25, maybe 30 years since I'd seen the movie. And so it was kind of felt like a first time watch in a lot of ways. And I forgot how good the music was. And I thought it was Goldsmith at first. And then I saw Lalo and I went, well, I'll I'll take it. (laughs) That'll do. That's good enough. Good enough, I guess. No, even the little incidental stuff was really well done. Mm -hmm. And uh, it created tension and 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 suspense and and uh, uh, the quieter moments were really uh, done well. The underscore is really great. Lalo's a he's he's the man. I mean, yeah. He's literally written the book on this. He wrote a uh, book on film scoring that is a must read. So hmm. uh, really great score. And, uh, and yeah, we definitely needed to address. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Because I think I, what was that one? I don't know if I was watching a clip or if I was listening to the song. I was looking at like YouTube comments. Just people love the score and they should. <laughs> yes, they should. It's so It really is very creepy. Yes, they should. And we should add that Margot Kidder was nominated for a Saturn Award. Uh, that is the Sci-Fi Fantasy Horror uh, Movie Award. She was nominated for Best Actress. Yeah, this song was... That's the... He was nominated for an Academy Award for the, for this song. For the score, he mm-hmm. was? As well, he should have been. Yep. See, 1979. What won in 1979? It's escaping me at the moment. Because <laughs> you, you automatically go to John Williams, but he mm-hmm. didn't win in 79. So, huh? Wonder who did. We'll have to look that up. Uh, we'll have to look that up. <laughs> but uh, no, great, great score. And he is one of the great 
composers of all time. Uh, check out some of his work uh, out there. Mission Impossible is his most famous. He wrote the theme song, but uh, some other great stuff. Dirty Harry, we did here mm-hmm. on the show, and we're big fans of that film. So uh, anything else you'd like to add? I think that's it. I don't know. I mean, I, I know this movie has problems, but I think it's I think it's a cool little movie. You know what I mean? I think it's one, if you like horror movies, you need to see it. You yeah. have to see it. It's kind of a touchstone. It's kind of one of those things like Halloween, you know, those kind yeah. of. Yeah, nowhere in the league of those movies, no. but uh, <laughs> but it's it's a solid movie, and the performances are really good, mm-hmm. which is which is why I would recommend this. Uh, and I'm a little biased towards Margot, obviously, <laughs> but uh, no, she, but she and Brolin together are really worth seeing. So, and, I mean, there's worse ways to pass time. And we should add uh, Murray Hamilton from Jaws is in it. The yeah. mayor of Amity is in the Amityville Horror. Is there a conspiracy? <laughs> I'm not saying there is. I'm not saying there isn't. <laughs> so, That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like this was a pretty good solid pick you yeah. know, as far as the horror movies go. Now, next week, we're doing a movie that you have picked and you have mm. been on a roll with interesting picks. We did Bringing Out the Dead last week. And I want you to introduce the movie that we're going to be talking about next week, because I have not seen this movie in 27 years. What movie are we doing next week, Faith? I picked Stay Tuned. I think it's from 92, 93. Yeah, early, early 90s. Uh, Michael Keaton was still Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, the good days. (laughs) Exactly. No, I watched this movie a few weeks ago. and I was like, no, we have to do this on the show because it's it's weird no it's fun i liked it so can you give a very very brief just kind of synopsis for people uh, out there who might not be familiar with it jack tripper (laughs) is not a chef yes (laughs) no he's uh john ritter is obsessed with watching tv and basically i I guess it's this man from the underworld (laughs) comes in and gives him this deal of a lifetime with a wonderful tv with like 666 channels i think Mm. symbolic yeah, so he and his wife get sucked into the satellite, and they have to live out all of these kind of horrific scenes. Interesting, right? Yeah, and you have 24 hours to make it out, and oh, it was really cool. I'm looking forward to watching. I haven't seen it since you know it came yeah. out, I think, the summer of 92 or 3, you know? Yeah. And it was supposed to be a Tim Burton movie, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah. But no, it's on Prime, so everybody should watch it now yeah. ahead of time, so and then the they movie. can listen to our show. And so we can have a so we can have a meaningful discussion. Yeah. <laughs> because you all don't watch the movies beforehand, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it's a, another great, interesting pick, and I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the week after. So if you're out there, you can get ready for this. <laughs> it is official. We are doing. <laughs> Superman the movie from 1978. We have not decided if we're going to do the second movie as well with that, but uh, we'll let you know next week. We could, you never know. But uh, we just felt everything has has it felt like it's all going back to Superman for us here on the show. Yeah, it, you know, it does. The offhanded joke about Nicolas Cage, yeah. and then it's like he's going to be Superman. Again, and then what does it mean? We need to watch the movie to figure it out. <laughs> we're going to need to watch the movie. Yeah. First, we got to get through your little whatnot. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Before we wrap this up, uh, pandemic week, whatever, uh, as Faith hits the microphone again, Mm -hmm. what have you been doing to occupy your time? That's a really good question. (laughs) No, I've been doing a lot of swimming, playing my ukulele still, lots of cleaning. (laughs) There you go. I've been reading a lot of old Superman comic books and watching Seinfeld. There you go. 
watched as much TV lately for some odd reason. It's probably a good thing, right? Yeah. I keep thing. it off most of the time. <laughs> no. Don't need to look at it. I I don't turn it on except to watch uh, Seinfeld. So it's, there you yeah. go. It's been week whatever so well we do sincerely hope that all of you out there are staying safe and well as we said you know occasionally turn off the news it's okay to turn off the news mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay <laughs> faith it feels like it's that time doesn't it yes it does Let's see if we listen real closely if we listen real closely i bet we can hear the music <laughs> well there it is almost on cue faith yes almost like we planned it <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us for this discussion on the Amityville Horror. We hope you enjoyed it. And be sure to come back next week when we talk about Stay Tuned, starring John Ritter and Mindy, Pam Dauber, Miss mm-hmm. Mark Harmon. Should be fun. And uh, Margot Kidder, wherever you are in the afterlife, we love you. Yes. Carrie Fisher, thank you for calling as well. <laughs> You ready, Faith? Let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. Faith, is that Jerry Seinfeld? I think it is. Next time on a late night fright. Sorry to disturb you at this hour, but I have something you want. A new TV? It broadcast programs no one had ever seen. Wednesday at 9, don't miss an all-new episode of The Silencer of the Lambs. Then one night, Roy and Helen Nabel got sucked in and discovered that hell (laughs) is one TV show after another. Let's welcome our new contestants, Roy and Helen Nabel. And they're starring in every show. I've watched enough wrestling to know one thing. It's all fake. No one ever gets it. So the object, the object, Mr. Pierce, is to kill them before they reach the end. Oh my God, we're cartoon. I am not a mouse. I'm Helen Nabel. I have two beautiful children. Mom? Our parents are trapped in television. Now, they can't go home. They can only switch channels. Where'd he go? Hey, lady, watch out! And every series is a nightmare. That's entertainment. Because Satan is the sponsor. Okay, everybody, head spins. Very good, very nice. Well, time to rock and roll. Star me up. You got star me up. Star me Don't up. miss this comedy from hell. Tuned.